Welcome to Pure Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando on one episode 181. Man, you said that with some like authority. Like you knew. <laughs> you you were you were certain <laughs> going into no, it. No, because I was thinking it through. I'm thinking it through because okay. I've been sending some emails to get some sponsorships and I don't think I put the right number of episodes to get on there. So Hey, I mean, know? at least you're 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 honest, right? You're true to yourself. There we you're go. always so, you're always confused about the episode number, even when you're sending emails so, out to people. But so if you're a sponsor and you're listening to this. Just know we'll make sure that we take care of you, though. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're about. So, hey, but I'm excited about this episode because it's one of our interviews. Yeah, we've got an interview. In it, and actually, this is going to be a unique interview. And what's really cool is I think all of our interviews are actually pretty unique because we bring people with completely different perspectives and and methods of selling. Uh, but today's pretty cool because we have officially the youngest reseller on Pure Hustle Podcast. Uh, you're about to say on the planet. Well, I, I wouldn't. I don't know if I could say on the planet, but uh, definitely the youngest one we've ever had on to interview. So I'm really excited about this. Do uh, you want to give a little bit yeah. more of an intro? So uh, this individual, he's actually been on other YouTube shows. And, you know, here's the thing. I always want to make sure that people are like legit resellers. Right. So, you know, I usually, you know, I'll see somebody and people like hit us up sometimes, but I give it time. Like I want to see, you know, where they're at. And actually this individual, Jackson, uh, resale addicts, he's actually, since the last interview I saw him, he's still been hustling. He's still in the game and it's been over a year. So, Want to introduce Jackson Resale Addicts on Instagram. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and so on. So uh, I'm Jackson. I am 16 years old, and I am an Amazon and eBay reseller. Um, I think I think some I'm of our in- listeners right now probably just were like, well, well, what, 16? <laughs> That's crazy. Yes. Do you get that a lot when, uh, when you tell people how old you are doing this? I, I do. I get that a lot. And a lot of people think of my account as a joke because they don't really think that I'm 16 as well. I could see that. I could see that. You have yeah. like this mature tone about you. All right. So tell us about when you started, Jackson. Like what got you started into reselling? So I really started reselling. Uh, so like when I was eight, I would go and I would buy school supplies and I would actually resell them in my front yard. And that's really how I started the part of reselling items and making a profit. Um, and then when I was 13, I decided to start like tackling online sales, uh, eBay, Amazon, Poshmark, etc. So in t- uh, June 2017, I actually started my first Amazon account as well. All right. Now that's awesome. So tell me a little bit about, okay, selling school supplies in your front yard. I'm trying to figure out how that played out. So did you like, you know, put ads out or you like on Instagram, like come to my front yard? Like how'd that play out at such a young age? I just had a sign out and I had a regular white table with a sign in front of it and it said school supplies. And that's really just how I started. So you had a corner in the market, like the lemonade kids, like pretty much. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Right. No, that's awesome. I mean, and, and to be honest, I would say, Probably the majority of the people we've had on for interviews have kind of pointed back to being young, being being middle school, high school, sometimes elementary school when they started that hustle, when they were like, yeah, I was selling Gatorades, you know, out of my backpack or I was selling these candies at school. So it does seem to be like something that that is about the resale life that's just inside of you. Did you always feel like uh, like an entrepreneur, like you were always trying to make money as a kid? I was always I was always a numbers person. So that's, I think, where it all came from. All right, so give us a give us a give us a breakdown of kind of your very early days on uh, on eBay. I'm guessing you started on eBay, is that correct? Yes, I started on eBay. All right, so tell us uh, how that's uh, tell us like give us a good story about how that all started. So on eBay, um, a lot. So this was 2017. I would um, buy these like lots of of it was video games. So I would buy these lots of video games from 
this uh, eBay website. It was um, a store on eBay and they would all be auctioned. So I could get like 10, 20, 30 video games for, you know, 30, $40 with the shipping. So then I would piece, piece every, I would piece it all out and I would then sell each item from there. And that's really just how I started. So were you already into video games and this is like something you already knew and you're not, comfortable not with? Not really. Okay. I wasn't really, I didn't really know a lot about it, but I knew, you know, I saw a lot of ads for this specific um, store on eBay. So I, I just looked into it and now I've kind of gained my knowledge on certain categories just from looking at stuff like ads. All right. So how'd you, how'd you get your capital? Was it like money you saved up? Did you, you know, bust open just, a bank or like... <laughs> I started with $27 that I just had um, laying around. Okay. So how did that growth go? How did, how did it happen? Uh, I, it was really with the video games. I would, you know, I would buy with the one lot. I would then, you know, double, double my money buy the next, buy two more lots, double my money. And it really just grew from there. Um, and that was before I even started thrifting because I did st- do thrifting as well. So I could have um, higher ROIs because, few times your money isn't necessarily what I was going for, but then you go to thrift stores and you can make three, four, 10 times your money. And that's really where the growth started happening. Okay. So, so tell us about that jump. You started doing video games, right? You started making some cash flow. You, then you decided to go through what got you to go into thrifting. How did you know what to source? So my aunt and my uncle, they, they always um, went to thrift stores and they were like looking for good deals. And if they found something really rare, they would sell it on eBay. And I didn't really ever think about that as being a business, but, and then I started doing some research and it really is a business. And so that's kind of what got me started with the thrifting part. Well, I mean, that's awesome. I, I love that idea. I think a lot of people have kind of, you know, especially because of the quarantine and COVID have kind of moved towards, you know, buying and sourcing off of eBay. And it's kind of cool that that's where you got your start from was sourcing on eBay and splitting it up, getting those big lots and then, and breaking it into pieces. Uh, and that's still a very profitable thing to do. But like you said, the ROI is a little bit less. Uh, so what were what were some of like the, the thrift store finds that like got you hooked doing thrift stores? Um, I'd have to say one thing was a, um, it was, it was electronic typewriters. I, I actually bought, I've bought quite a few of those from thrift stores, but I bought one at a thrift store, I believe probably two years ago for $15. It was brand new from whatever, 30 years ago. And I sold it on Amazon for $555. Oh. And that's really one of my best and favorite finds that I've ever gotten. Okay. So now, now I'm beginning a question. So Amazon, right? You like there, there are adults right now that don't want to do Amazon, right? Am, right? Amazon is, is, I don't know. You know, I always, it's a love hate relationship. It's, it's the girlfriend I can't break up with. And so talk to me about why did you go? Why, what made you do Amazon? Because it's, it's not like eBay, eBay, you just download the app, you take some pictures, right? Pretty much you can like get things listed within a half hour from downloading the app. Amazon, like you got to figure out fees, you got to figure out shipping. It's, it's not as easy. So what made you go to Amazon? How'd you learn to eventually get into Amazon? Uh, it was the part of the professionalism because Amazon is much more professional and upfront than eBay really is because eBay is more one-off items um, or like even use clothing, stuff like that, that wouldn't go on Amazon. So it was really the professionalism that got me into Amazon. Um, and around the time I started Amazon, I got into buying liquidation. So I'd buy these lots of, you know, uh, one, 200 items, and they would basically come in all these boxes and, the, and you sort through it. And then whatever is saleable, you sell Amazon, eBay, et cetera. Um, 
that's really kind of what pushed me to Amazon because I could send in, you know, 20, 30 units and it's not that much work compared to shipping each item out. Um, that's awesome. And the, kind of the cool thing being young, like you are, like one thing I've noticed, cause you know, I'm a teacher is these kids now, like even middle schoolers are, I mean, they know technology and so they're on YouTube, they've grown up on YouTube, they've grown up on social media. Uh, so what were some of the things like, was that where you learned how to do some of this stuff was watching YouTube and, and those things, or did you kind of figure it out another way? Um, I, you know, there was a couple of accounts that I would watch, not necessarily for the information, but for the enjoyment. And if I did find information that I thought would be good, I would use that. But I was, I saw, I really taught myself for most of it. Wow. That's um, I watched probably one 10 minute video on how to sell on Amazon and I just figured it out from there. Do you feel, did you make some mistakes along the way or was it pretty? pretty... Oh, definitely. Okay, I've so... definitely made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> so share with us your early Amazon mistakes, if you don't mind. Um, not labeling items. Uh, that was, that was one big thing. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put labels on items or I would, I wouldn't de-label certain items and it would just get really messed up. Um, you mean from the liquidation lot, you wouldn't de-label? Right. I wouldn't de-label from those and I would, or I'd forget to label. That was a big one. Um, and those are really my big two. Um, and then, uh, condition because if you order from Amazon, you want it in perfect condition if you sell it new and, a lot of stuff that I got, you could, it was really hard to sell new. Um, so there were probably a few items that I probably shouldn't have sold new that I did. Um, and that, that was really part of what I learned was, um, in the professionalism side, you know, a new item has to be new. It can't be open box. It has to be new. Okay. And yeah, no dents, no scratches, no, none of that on the exactly. box. Right. And yeah, you're right. Sometimes you, some of those do slide through. I remember my early days at Amazon. I'm like, there's a little crease on the side, but I'm all good. And luckily I never got busted for it, but yeah, it can definitely happen. So right. share with me now, there's some, there's other hoops, right? Because you're 16 and I know eBay and Amazon has policies for individuals that are under 18. So how did you end up still able to sell? Like what, what did you set up uh, what, and what, what are you doing right now? So every, everything that I have right now is under my mom's name for those obvious legal reasons. Um, I really could, can't sell on Amazon at 16 years old. So I, I do use all my mom's information. Um, like the LLC that I have is under my mom's name. Um, everything like that just go, goes under her name for my, my safety as well as hers. All right. So technically you're an employee, I, I'm guessing. Exactly. Mom? Okay. Yes. All right. Now you have a team or is it just you? It's just me. I'm the only person. Okay. I'm just going by your username, Riso Addict. So I was thinking like you had a team, like you told some, you know, some of your friends, right. like, Hey, you want some lunch money? Like, you know, now why? Okay. here. So right now you, you're attending homeschool, correct? You're not like, you don't go full nine, not nine to five, but no, I, eight to four. I, do, <laughs> I do online school. Yes. Okay. So how do you, how do you manage, uh, t take us through like a week, like you go to your work, you resell, take us like day by day, like what happens throughout the week? Uh, so for schoolwork, I work four or five days a week, depending on the week, um, two to four, maybe even five hours a day. Um, and I normally do that as soon as I get up so that the rest of the day I can do whatever I want. Um, so I'll normally do that in the morning. So probably from, you know, seven or eight o'clock to 12 or one, then I have the rest of the day to work on Amazon stuff, eBay, um, et cetera. And that's kind of how I base my schedule. 
Nice. So I, I don't know if you actually mentioned uh, yet. How old were you when you had that? Uh, when you had that school supply, and you, that was when you first started. I was eight years old. Eight years old, and then how old were you when you started on eBay? Uh, eBay and Amazon. I was thirteen. Thirteen, man. So I mean, you've already got several years under your belt of reselling. Yeah. And and you're still technically a minor. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Um, what do your friends think of this? I mean, do you do your friends think like this is bizarre or crazy, or do they just think it's the coolest thing because you're you're rolling in the dough? It's a little bit of both. Um, some of them think you don't know what you're doing or you're crazy. Um, the others support me 100% and they think what I'm doing is so cool and they're really interested in doing it themselves. Um, so it, it's really a mix between both. Nice. And so some of those friends that haven't, why haven't they? Is it just they're too busy with life? Like, you know, they, they want, I mean, what, 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 is, what, is, what is the difference between those that don't support you and those that do support you, do you think? I feel like the ones that don't support me would find some kind of excuse. Um, and that's what they would do. They, they use excuses for certain things. And that's kind of where I would think they would not really support me. Um, and for the ones that do, they just, I mean, some of them just don't know the growth that Amazon can take you. People don't know that you can make half a million dollars a month on Amazon. Um, and it's really just about the knowledge that they have about, you know, Amazon reselling in general. Yeah. And so I'm so amazed that you're, we're talking about, you're not talking about Depop or eBay, you're talking about Amazon. And so talk to us about, you know, one of the, I'm really, I'm interested because what I find in you is somebody that is like, oh, I'll just figure it out. I'll just figure it out. That's what I see you doing. So one of the things we get a lot is, Hey, I'm gated in everything. Like I can sell anything. What what is your response to that? find something you can you don't have to get ungated in okay but but, but I mean, how jackson well so uh say you're on or you're if you're gated in something you really need sales and you need trust with amazon to get ungated so you can either find another find another category that you would really want to get ungated in or that you are already ungated in to get ungated in those other categories or that brand um but work with what you have is really what you need to do Okay, so have you? Are you one of those people that scans, 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 or are do you sit at home and like you go through like the Amazon catalog and just you know insert certain products and see which ones are ungated? Um, I I do a little bit of both. Um, I scan. I do so. I'll look on Amazon and really search, but I'll go to retail stores and see, you know, how much, uh, like at Marshall's, for example, how many items in this store can I actually sell on Amazon compared to what I can't. So I know, is it really worth my time to go into Marshall's and look for those profitable items? Cause if I'm gated in, you know, 80, 90%, there's no real point in going there, um, for the 10, 20% of items. Yeah. And so you mentioned too, that you do liquidation and, also, sounds like some retail arbitrage for the Amazon Wait, aspect. I, th- I think we missed something. When 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 did you get your license, Jackson? Uh, one month ago. Okay, so he was sourcing before that. So I want to hear the story. That's all. That's the only reason I cut you off because I'm like, I know because we're liquidation. We know what the answer is, but I'm really interested in what sourcing looked like for you pre-license, right? Because again, like I'm thinking, like there's no way I would source. Like where we lived, we have one store, right, Mike? One, yeah, one. And then three or four garage sales. But even then, like, how do you get stuff home? So how did you source before that? Did your mom give you rides? Did you catch the bus? Did you ride a bicycle? Did you, you know, find other methods of driving? So um, 
so when I did garage selling and thrifting a lot, my mom would take me, we would kind of, it was kind of like her support to me is to take me to these places, you know, see how much money I can make, et cetera. But it was a lot, I did, the reason I did liquidations is because it's online. I don't have to go anywhere. I don't need a car. I don't need a bike. Um, and I, it's sim, it's just a lot easier. Um, but yeah, she did, she would drive me to thrift stores occasionally and garage sales and stuff like that. And also the post office and all that, right? So it was like a team effort. Right. Okay. Exactly. All right, Mike, go ahead. Sorry. Are you sure? Yeah, You're done? Sure. No, I just had to, I had to know before we moved on to the heavy stuff. Uh, okay. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> so uh, you mentioned, you mentioned uh, doing the liquidation, also going to do some retail arbitrage. So between those two, which would you say is like what you do the most? Like how much of your, of your reselling is retail arbitrage versus liquidation? Uh, and what does that look like? So, well, in the past six months, my business, my business has changed a lot as a whole, but from prior to six months, um, it was a lot of liquidations. It was, I mean, I probably had 20 or to 30 pallets worth of liquidations, um, in total. Um, and I've had anything from, you know, seven pieces on a pallet or 7,000 pieces on a pallet. So I did do a lot of liquidations. That was really my thing. Um, and I enjoyed doing it for the hunt, for the treasure hunt, essentially, um, and seeing what I can find and stuff like that. So I would say it was a good two thirds liquidations and then a, a third thrifting retail arbitrage, online arbitrage, et cetera. Nice. So when you get those, those big lots, let's say you got, you said as many as like 7,000 items. I mean, part of that seems like a grind, right? Like of actually scanning, listing, shipping, all of that stuff. How many hours are you, are you putting in, in that part of the, the reselling, you get a big pallet and you're spending time on that. And is that something you actually find enjoyable? Right. So, uh, if I so the the one pallet I did that had a lot of pieces, it was it wasn't maybe it wasn't seven thousand, but it was like two, three, four thousand pieces, full of Home Depot stuff. I mean, I had stuff from little light switches to um, whole light fixtures, and it fit all in one pallet. But it was a good six feet tall, um, and it, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of time. It was probably a hundred hours of my time. Um, and I, I really did enjoy it. So the, I didn't like listing as much, but I knew to do the reselling in general, I would have to list. So I kind of used my other parts of motivation to actually do the listing. Um, so that's kind of what I, that's kind of how I did it. Nice. So you, you, you're buying this liquidation, right? And it's obviously from the capital that you got from thrifting and so on. And you just, you, did you use any of that money to do fun things or was it just straight business from the beginning? And why did you choose to do that? So for the most part, it was really just the business, business, business. Over the past year, I've been kind of collecting, you know, stuff like shoes and clothes because that's kind of what I've gotten into. And, um, and I've, that's kind of, I've grown to grow my shoe collection, um, as well on top of being able to resell. Um, cause I'm not pouring all my capital into stuff like shoes, but I'm also not, or like I'm not saving everything and putting it all into the business. Okay. Yeah. Good. I mean, I think that's probably a wise thing to, to tell people, especially younger people starting. Um, I mean, everybody's going to have a threshold. They're going to be able to find of, of how much fun they need to have with their money so they don't burn out. Uh, but yeah, I think it's good to, to at least, you know, treat yourself every once in a while and find that thing you're interested in. Plus if you're interested right. in shoes, you probably are also able to find those and resell those too. So um, you know, having that niche and, and being able to make money off of a niche like that is, is super helpful. Um, so what do you think, do you think going forward, 
um, as you you know start to go on in your life, is reselling something you think you're going to keep doing? Is it something that you want to continue on? Or are you thinking like, this is just something you're going to do for the meantime to save up for some other career? Well, I think reselling is the start of my career. And I don't think I want to end reselling necessarily. Um, Because it's, you know, it's a, it's going to be a business forever, you know, you're going to be able to resell items basically forever. Um, so I do think it's going to be a big part of my business in the future. Um, although I would, I do have a lot of different other business ideas. Um, but I do think reselling is, is a really big business for sure. Okay. Now, are you strictly liquidation now? Is that what you're doing? Cause you had mentioned like your model has changed like six months ago. So what did it change to? Like, what are you doing now? I'm more on the wholesale side right now. So I'm more on wholesale uh, as well as, re- as not retail arbitrage, online arbitrage. Um, so I've been doing a lot of, I've been buying a lot of stuff off OfferUp um, through their shipping because OfferUp now has shipping and they've had it for right around a year. Um, and I've been able to quadruple my money pretty easily on stuff like that. You know, buy it for a hundred, sell for 400. Um, and then I've also been working, I've been doing, I'm, I've been spending a lot of my time looking for more wholesalers. Um, like I'm working with e-waste companies right now um, one in Houston, one in Georgia, um, to basically buy products that I'll, that, so I get them here. I'll then box them up. Um, and then I'll send them to Amazon. That's really how it goes right now. Wow. You are scaling fast. <laughs> so, I mean, you are going the normal path that most resellers, most, most resellers start with eBay and, and so on. And then they get to Amazon and then they get to private label or they do wholesale and then they get real estate and then they decide, I don't know. And, you know, it, it, every reseller has a different path, but it seems like you're in that direction, but you're only 16. <laughs> so, so my question when it comes to wholesale, why did you choose to do wholesale? Because the margins are a lot slimmer uh, when it comes to maybe doing like what you're doing before as far as sending th- goods into Amazon. Well, why did you make that that switch? And have you is it uh, is it easier to do that switch? So for wholesale, I'm actually not sourcing any new items. Everything that I'm in, I'm sourcing is used, um, which has, you know, uh, downsides, but it also has benefits, which is the return on investment. My, my return on investment is 100 to 140% right now um, on all the stuff that I'm reselling. And um, it's just, it's a lot easier because it's, I'm like today, I got 37 of one item. Well, those 37 items are prepped the exact same way. It's one listing. It's one sheet of labels that I put on all the printers. It's, you know, and it's one full day of shipping instead of me shipping them out individually since I do send all of them via FBA. Uh, I see what you're saying. And that's important to know if you're listening to a podcast, when people say wholesale, they're not just saying new with tag items. Uh, I think uh, for myself, I buy a lot of vintage wholesale uh, and I just, I have connections with warehouses that I don't even know where they get their stuff, but (laughs) they have entire, I mean, you can get whatever you want. So, So, for me, how's the return rate look on like you, you're talking about used electronics, correct? Is that what you're doing wholesaling? Yeah. So how's how how do you handle the returns? What's the return rate? How, how does that go? So my return rate for this certain ASIN that I'm selling now is right around two to three percent. Um, so it's it's very minimal and low, and I'm and I really rely on the um the person I'm bought the sellers, the person I'm buying them from, to really you know tell me okay this item's working and. Cause I don't test any of these items. They test them for me. They do the work. They all honestly prep a lot of them cause they bubble wrap every single one. Um, all I'm doing is throwing them in a box, but 
with with returns, I really just open it, make sure it's what they said because nine times out of ten, it's not. Um, really? What do you mean? And, give, give us some examples. Um, I've had people return items because they thought the item was new, but the item was used. And they said the item was defective. I tested it. It was fine. Um, most of the items that I get back work fine. And they'll say item is defective, not as described, like not as described on website and et cetera. So how do you, how, has that affected your Amazon metrics? Um, not really. Uh, it's right around, my, my return rate is right around 2 to 3%. Um, so it doesn't really affect it that much. You know, for used items, you should expect a higher return rate for, you know, unexpected reasons, but Amazon's been pretty good about, uh, my return rate. Okay. And I think it's important to know Jackson, and I don't know if you, you can disagree with me, but use electronics is a field that isn't really gated. Am I, am I, am I correct on that? I, I did you uh, find a lot of that for the most part. So, um, for what I, it's around 50, 50 actually, because there's, there's some brands like a uh, brother or Epson, um, I can't sell in. And those are two really big brands that I would have a lot of opportunity to sell in if I was ungated. So I'm sticking to other brands that I know well. Um, and that a lot of the people I would buy from would, would have in stock as well. So, but yes, it's a lot less, um, we wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. Hey everyone, ever found yourself too busy to list or wanting to scale and not knowing how? Well, we've partnered with a great service called Sellhound. They will help you do much of the heavy lifting and can benefit your business in many ways. Sign up for listing services with Sellhound and receive 25% off your first purchase or 25% off your first month of a Sellhound monthly subscription. You can do this by using our promo code all in caps, Pure Hustle 25. That's the numbers, 2-5. By the way, everyone gets three free listings to try out before any purchases. Just go to sawhound.com and subscribe using our promo code, Pure Hustle 25. So Orlando and I are always looking out for tools and programs that can be used in our own reselling to help improve our sales uh, and things that we can share with the community in order to help others. Uh, and we've been lucky enough to partner with two companies here at the same time uh, that we think do just that. So it's kind of interesting because both of these companies are competition. So, uh, you know, but this is a good thing that we're advertising both, I feel, because we are really, really big on letting you make decisions and not saying like, this is the way you should do things because you know, you know, what's best for your model of selling and what you need to be doing. Uh, so we've been able to partner with list perfectly and Vindu. And both of these are programs that can be used to cross list postings on multiple platforms. This is great because we always talk about the importance of being on multiple platforms and not putting all of your eggs into one basket. But one of the barriers to that is the time issue. And the nice thing with List Perfectly and Vindu is it allows you to make one listing that then gets cross-posted to multiple platforms. So you're not having to post things multiple places and spend that time. And in this case, that time saved is money you're making. So both of these companies have a special offer for our listeners if you were to sign up. Um, you need to sign up using the affiliate links that we have in our descriptions or show descriptions in order to get the uh, promotional codes. Uh, so first of all is List Perfectly. They're giving 30% off your first month, which is amazing. And they've got some incredible things that they, they offer. So uh, for instance, your postings go to eBay, they go to Mercari, Depop, Grail, Etsy, Poshmark. There's just so many. You got to check it out. There's almost too many to list here. Um, and so if you sign up, you get 30% off, but you have to use our, our 
link and then use the code LP30. And then the other one is Vindu. Vindu is very similar. Uh, you're going to get 25% off your first month if you use our affiliate link. You don't have to use a promo code. Just click on the link in the description. Uh, and your your listings are going to go to eBay. They're going to go to Etsy. They're going to go to Poshmark. They're going to go to Mercari. So this is just a great opportunity for you to save some time, get on multiple platforms, and maybe make some more money. It's a lot less gated, for sure. Okay. Nice. So when you're when you're selling those things, um, we often talk about, you know, fast nickel or slow dime, you know, whether you're trying to uh, price them to sell quickly or if you're trying to get top dollar and wait a little bit longer. Uh, what do you typically find the model that you use for pricing? Um, I so I I do more fast dime. Um, so for the item that I'm selling, I'd say the so the uh, merchant fulfilled price is right around 160 to 170 dollars a unit. I would sell them for right around 210 dollars, so a 50 dollar markup on just the merchant fulfilled, just because I am FBA. Um, but there are sellers that would sell it for like 250 that are that, that are like, okay, I can wait for this item to sell, but I'm more fast nickel for sure. Nice. Okay, so when you're doing when you're doing that fast nickel, have you ever found the fact that you are like you're cutting too slim or do you feel that you've been able to scale faster because you've been selling like you haven't been waiting. So you've been able to sell, 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 sell. 100%. Okay. Okay. All right. And you know, if you were to throw the percentage from when you first started doing this, how, how quickly do you think you've scaled in that time? I think I've scaled pretty, even in the past year, pretty dramatically. My, my average sales price last year was $12 and my average sales price this year is 94. So I've definitely really changed what I do to be able to scale to a lot higher level. Okay. So talk to me about competition though, right? Do you find that your niche has a little bit less of competition because it's more labor intensive or is that something that's in the back of your mind and you're ready to pivot? It, there's definitely a lot of competition, uh, especially for the item I'm selling is a really, you know, a hot selling product, even though it's a used electronic that's 10 years old. Um, but there, I mean, every day I see a new seller on this product or every day I see um, an item that there's one less of or one seller that sold out of them. Um, but there's a lot of competition. A lot of these sell and it, it's pretty hard to especially keep buy box with a used item as well. Um, Cause that's another thing that I, have to consider when I'm selling these. So um, that's a, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, so um, have you noticed, you mentioned this last year, you've scaled quite a bit, you've grown. How do you feel like the, the pandemic situation and all of the, um, you know, changes, a lot of people are now buying online. Have you seemed to, you know, reap the benefits of that or how has just quarantine and the, the COVID pandemic in general affected your business? Um, I, I wouldn't say it, really affected it much. It just really kind of made me open my eyes to see, you know, what other things I can actually, what, what other things I can really do. Um, it's like the wholesale. I really, I probably wouldn't have figured out the wholesale if this pandemic wasn't going on because I would just still be thrifting, retail arbitrage, liquidations, et cetera. Um, and with the pandemic, the price of liquidations is skyrocketing because people are losing their jobs. They need to make money. So I've really like turned away from liquidations for that reason. So I didn't have any way to source. So I just started doing research, started, you know, putting the time in to find, you know, wholesale or to find even suppliers for just a couple of items. 
Now, when you say skyrocketed, give us an example. Because, you know, this is, I know A&D recently released a show about liquidation pallets, so I'm sure that played a part. But I don't think it played a large part. I think most of it is just people are trying to find ways to make money. And liquidation pallets, actually, to me, there's a lot of labor, but it's it's when it comes to sourcing, it's pretty easy once you find a place that can get you quality products. So give us an example of how you saw it skyrocket. Like, what is the difference? So me personally, I um, recently I've been doing a lot of liquidating of some of the stuff because I have a, like a really big death pile of stuff that would be for eBay. But I'm really I'm completely changing the way I do eBay. So I'm really liquidating a lot of my stuff. And um, and so I had because um, another thing is on. So liquidation.com is what I use to uh, liquidate all my stuff. And the amount of people that don't pay on there is insane. So I had an auction up in December. So this um, is your own for- stuff that you're liquidating in a pallet, Jackson? It, it's all like my own customer returns and stuff like that. It's it's my stuff, but it's not like personal stuff. Okay. But you make it like, do you make it into a pallet or what, what do you mean? Like liquidation? It's all boxed. It's all boxed. Okay. Okay. Right. And um, so in December, I auctioned it, sold for $360. And then in January, I auctioned it, it sold for $500, again, unpaid. Uh, and then in March, April, something maybe May, um, I auctioned it again. It sold for like $700, $800, exact same box. And then didn't pay, auctioned it again, sold for $500, did not pay. And I just recently auctioned it and it sold for like $450. And it got paid for, finally, wow. after around eight, nine months. Oof. That's a long time. So do you feel it was at a loss? I don't think so. I think, it. I mean, if, cause I forgot about it for, <laughs> uh, you know, for some time, I knew I, w- I would have to relist the item, but I forgot about it. So it was really just extra money on top because I've already taken a loss for those items. Interesting. Is that the only time you've done that? Uh, that one sale through liquidation.com or is that something you do regularly? I, I've done it a lot actually. Um, I've done it probably five, six times. Uh, so last year I purchased, well, it was around $75,000 worth of uh, these gaming headphones. Uh, they were all salvaged out. So I got them for 2% of the retail. So $1,500, that was with the shipping fee. Um, and I decided to see, okay, well, if I put together 50 of these headsets to retail six, or it was maybe six to $8,000 retail, I, re- I auctioned those on liquidation.com in May. I ended up selling each lot for one for like 1700 and one for right around $2,000. Wow. And that was just for me putting it from in a pallet, from a pallet into a box and liquidating it. And I like quadrupled my money at least. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. I'm serious. Like it, it, it it's interesting because your mindset is very, very business minded, very different, uh, right. which I appreciate that. So do you, Okay, now what model are you? Okay, out of all these, right? Talk to me about why you left. I you told me why you like the Amazon because of professionalism. What was it about eBay? You said you did a little bit of Parshmaker and all that. Why is that? What what has been the obstacles for you that you're like, hey, I don't even want to mess with that anymore. So for eBay, it was really the the way people tried to return stuff. So the the headsets I bought back right around a year ago. Um, they were all salvaged out, meaning, and so meaning they all had some kind of defect. Um, and then I then sold these headsets and w- with, you know, cause they had a problem with them and I had right around 125 of these headsets. They all had the exact same problem. So I decided to go ahead. It was one listing. I listed them. I think, 
So it, um, I've, I've sold out of them, but it ended with right around 150 watchers and 30, 40,000 views. But, um, and I've gotten probably 20 or 30 people returning them because they didn't actually read the description. And with mm-hmm. the eBay, with how eBay works, they obviously are going to approve, approve the return. And it was really just the amount of returns that I would keep getting kind of shot it, you know, it kind of ruined eBay for me for a little while. Um, but I had to sell them on there because I can't sell that on Amazon. I, there's really no other place to sell them. Um, so that's kind of how I saw eBay. Yeah, because I was going to say, because it, it, I mean, technically it was something like that. If the if the same type of item were on Amazon, from what I hear, customers, it's almost even easier for them to return on Amazon. So you probably would have had a similar issue, whether it was eBay or Amazon, for, for an item where you're selling that's like for parts or defective. Right. Especially with... Yeah, especially with Amazon FBA, it's free returns no matter what. And, you know, that can really affect a business as well. And um, I think that kind of, and with that's, and that's the reason I chose Amazon is people know I can return this. I have 30 days. It's gone. It's like 45, maybe even 60 days now with uh, quarantine. But I have 30 days to return it. It's free to return it. I'll get the item in one to two days. And that's really what kind of took Amazon over eBay and that I don't have to manually ship the items either. Okay. All right. And so you're saying liquidation.com or something similar is the way to go if you have stuff that you don't want returns. Am I correct about that? Yeah. Okay. So but you, they just sure. might not pay <laughs> for a while. Of course. <laughs> oh, wow. That, so what, did you did you message these individuals? Was there any, or is it just like... You it, just it's all wait. private. Wow, that's so, a long time. There's no unpaid item assistant like on eBay. It's just I wish it. I wish there was, but there isn't. And you know, liquidation.com is flawed in many, many, many ways. But I still find it pretty decent. So okay. Now, do you still do like thrift stores and garage sales and the occasional eBay? Like, do you still do that treasure hunt thing, or have you kind of shifted? Like, you know, I just want to get you know as many items as I can, and I don't have time to to look for the, the treasure. I, I still do thrifting because I also like thrifting for myself. If I find something I like, I buy it. It's cheap and it's easy. You know, I don't have to wait for it to come, whatever. Um, so, you know, I still go to thrift stores probably once or twice a week now that I can actually drive. Um, and I've actually, the, the, there's there's one item that I've been selling a lot of recently. Um, and I actually found like one or two of those at the thrift store of the exact same item. And, and just, you know, stuff like that kind of just made me keep going back. Um, and even Goodwill, I, I went to a Goodwill, found two, two printers. Um, one of them of course was defective because it's Goodwill. Half the stuff doesn't work there. Um, but the second one sold, it hasn't sold yet, but it's up right now at 300, $400 when I'm paying $15 for these printers. So do you have, it seems you need space. So what did your space look like? What does your inventory system look like? Uh, so right now I'm using one bedroom and since for amazon since it can get kind of you know i need a lot of space for amazon um i'm using my dining room (laughs) right now for all my amazon your your mom's okay with that she is um (laughs) she she saw the money coming in so she was like okay that's fine um and so i really just use the dining room as well as one extra bedroom for a lot of ebay inventory or liquidation stuff that i do okay that's really awesome so um, out of curiosity, um, typically a 16-year-old 
you know, student, person, individual, I don't know what you want to call, but a 16 year old will often, you know, spend time, you know, with, with a hobby. And oftentimes it ends up being like video games or something like that. Do you have something that consumes your time like that? Are you spending a lot of time playing video games or, or doing those typical 16 year old hobbies? Or is this job, this business, is this your hobby? Well, one thing that I like is I always like good deals on stuff. Um, I always search for the better price of an item. So I spend probably two to three hours a day, like even just looking for shoes for, for myself, whatever, because I can buy, I can find shoes that people have worn one time for like a quarter of the price. And, you know, it's just, it makes more sense for me to buy something like that and spend a hundred to $200 on a pair of $800 shoes for me to go out and then buy just a regular pair of $200 shoes. So it's really the hunt for even online because there is a hunt online um for stuff like that no agreed agreed i mean the the, the sneaker the sneaker market's still crazy even today i try to get a drop today at 7 a.m i had two screens going my son was trying to buy it and nope all sold out so, so. bargain hunting is kind of uh your hobby uh not not so much video games yeah nice. that, i it's it's been a big part of my life for a long time so i really like you know finding a good deal on whatever i can okay so talk to us about q4 it's q4 like you know i sell full time so q4 is a necessity for me for you is it something you try to ramp up and what do you do to ramp up uh so for quarter four this year i'm i'm definitely gonna ramp up because you know during christmas time people open their wallets no matter the item um, so normally you would think, oh, for quarter four, people are going to buy loads of toys or loads of, you know, seasonal products like Christmas decor, what, et cetera. But I, I'm really just going to keep running what I do just to just scale it as large as I can for Q4 so that I can, you know, quadruple my sales during Q4 than I have, uh, so far this year. So yes, I, yeah, I plan on doing as many sales as possible. I plan on do, buying as much as I can, but not necessarily brand new items, you know, People will still buy items. They just open their wallets during Christmas time. Nice. Nice. Now I have, um, you know, a question that I often ask and, and, you know, normally this is towards the end, but I, I think this is a little bit different because of, of your age, but I often ask like, what's, you know, a piece of life advice that you would give to somebody. But I think I'm, I want to approach this a little differently for this interview. So I want to break it in two parts. One, what advice would you give to, teenagers who are looking to get started in reselling or, or they want to do something to make money. Uh, what's something you've learned? Uh, so it doesn't have to necessarily be resale related. It could just be like business or entrepreneur focus, uh, but what's something you'd give them? And then I'll do the second question after. First of all is don't make excuses because making excuses will just impersonating is probably the worst thing you can really do, especially for your business and just in general. Um, so don't make excuses for stuff. Just go out and do it. Go, you know, you know, um, I was telling my friend, you should go thrifting. You can make a lot of money and it's just go and do it. It's not wait and sit for me to come help you. Just go out and do it. Um, you know, people, you know, people just don't realize that you can, you can go out and you can find one item at a thrift store for $2 and sell it for 400. People just don't want to, you know, it's, it's all about motivation. That's really what it is. Wow. That's good. I mean, yeah, I think if, if, any teenager or young person would take that advice. I think actually that applies to anybody, right? Just go and do it. Like don't, don't make excuses. Right. Don't wait. I think that's great. Now the other one. Um, so you've obviously had to have a lot of 
support from your mom helping you through this. Um, obviously the work itself that you're doing is you, but you've had to have somebody kind of come along and support you. So what would you say to maybe some of our listeners who have younger kids who they want to maybe support their entrepreneurial um, spirit, or they want to help them get involved in reselling? What's some things that, that maybe your mom does for you that, that you can say like, definitely do this. This would help your kids out. I'd say open your mind up because there's a lot of potential for people that really want are motivated and want to resell. There's, you know, there's, there's potential there to sell on Amazon. It's not something that you make a thousand dollars a month. You can make a hundred thousand dollars a month. And, you know, I've seen people do it very easily. Um, so just give them the motivation that they need to really let them start, you know, making it happen. Um, even giving them $20, go to the thrift store, taking them, you know, to the thrift store, taking them to Marshall's, et cetera, will really, I think, help uh, boost their motivation to do so. Oh, that's awesome. So now let's get to the, uh, <laughs> so we always like talking about failures and successes on the podcast. So share with us first, what are what have been some of your failures and what did you learn from them? Some of your biggest failures, if you want to share, and what did you learn from them? Well, I've had, so I did, so a, lot, a really big part of my business was liquidations. And I'd say the biggest part, you know, I have, I have failed on multiple liquidations. You, you can't, you know, every single one you buy, you're not going to turn a profit on. There's some that you're going to have to take a loss on. So, um, it's really, so I, I kept it consistent when I did buy liquidations, it was at least once a month, you know, I would, you know, and I'd be getting a bunch of different kinds of items. So I've had, you know, some where I would spend, you know, $500 and 90% of the stuff is broken or, um, a lot of the stuff will be, you know, not what it's supposed to be. That, that was a big one. So I had a compact flash. It was for a camera. Um, and it was like, you know, $150, $200. Well, someone thought it would be really nice to, uh, exchange it with an 82 millimeter lens cap for a camera. So that turned a $150 item into a couple dollar lens cap. Oof. You mean in the palette, that's how you received the palette. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Wow. Okay. And have you had anything that, you know, you wish you had sold it for more or that you had done more research or, you know, something similar like that? Right. So, um, when I, so I did, I've done, I've done a lot of everything I've done. So I did two storage units. Um, they were storage unit auctions. Wow. You've done all across the board. I mean, I have done, we haven't even done storage units yet. Have you done, Um, have you done auctions? Yeah, I've done auctions. (laughs) I've done a lot. <laughs> All right, talk to us about your storage unit experience. So I've I've only done two storage units, um, but the two that I've done. So the first one was four hundred fifty dollars. This one this one was the not not as good one. Um, it was an ex MLB player, um, but he I mean it, there was probably five six hundred dollars worth of gold. There was you know th- there were hit, hits and misses. There was you know ten thousand plus baseball cards. There was just crazy amounts of stuff. Nothing, none of the cards are worth anything. They were from the eighties and nineties. Um, and so that one, I, in a lot of camping gear, there was loads of camping gear brand basically new, like it they went camping one time, what, and then put it in a storage unit. Um, so I probably made, you know, one to $2,000, maybe even 3000 on that. Um, cause it was just a bunch, a bunch of little stuff. Um, and that was a, that was a five by 10 unit. And then the second one was, the exact same place exactly a month later this one was eight hundred dollars this one this one was very interesting so it was so the people were um like two singers and a guitarist um and it was a whole family and they had um 
So the the most expensive items actually ended up being a bunch of shirts that were uh, stained and ripped. It was so the, off off of that uh, we got. I had a vintage PJ Harvey shirt that sold overnight for three hundred dollars. Wow. Um, I had a nude Madonna tee that sold overseas for right around three hundred dollars. Um, and then I had a uh, Kurt Cobain uh, shirt, which ended up selling for right around four hundred dollars overseas as well. And so those are probably the three best items that I've sold so far. Um, there is, so there was one thing, it's a really big crate and it, it's, it's made of metal and it held bombs during world war two. Um, and that, that was appraised. Uh, it's worth like thousands of dollars, uh, maybe 10,000, $11,000. Oh. Still haven't gotten around to selling it because it's such a niche item and it's going to be, you know, it's going to probably take one to two, maybe even three years to sell. Um, but it's crazy. That's, kind of stuff you can actually find in storage units for sure. Yeah, I was going to say, it's kind of interesting. You've, it sounds like you've gotten some some really good storage units if, if they're people who've got, you know, those kinds of items. And I always wonder too, like, because obviously you know uh, a little bit about the people as you're going to the storage unit. So do you know going in like, hey, this is an XMLB player, this, are, this is, you know, a family that are musicians, or is it as you're going through the stuff, you're putting almost like putting together a puzzle like, oh, they must do this thing. Yeah, that's how it's like. So it's really, you know, first glimpse, you don't really know what it's going to be. Um, the the second storage unit that I did, the $800 one, that one I had a little bit of sense of what it was because there was like music stands, stuff like that. That kind of gave away, you know, okay, they're musicians, but I didn't know really any other information. They, you know, because the uh, storage auction places won't really give you any information. Do you ever find anything? Um, I always wonder this with people who buy storage auctions. Do you ever find stuff that's like personal, like a family album or something that you're like, should I find a way to get this back to them? Or loads. I there, I've probably seen ten thousand photos just between the two units, birth certificates, IDs. Ever I've seen just about everything. Yeah. Wow. Nice. All right. So th- those were kind of like successes. Uh, do you have any any successes like? I mean, that you can share, obviously, <laughs> from from your liquidation or from thrifting. I mean, you just shared with us your three shirts, but how about from the liquidation side? Like, was there ever a pallet that you're like, this is the pallet of pallets? That was definitely my, the headsets that I bought because that was, okay. you know, I paid $1,500. I probably made at least $10,000 off of that. Um, wow. And it's, it's all literally broken headphones. That's And people would think, okay, that's worth no money. I ended up, yeah, bringing in right around ten thousand dollars, and I still have probably a hundred of those headsets. And that that would be like a good uh, uh, clickbait title for this this episode is ten thousand dollars with broken headphones. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> so, Jackson, have you ever thought about? I mean, I know you're sixteen, but I'm thinking for you here, like, there's a lot of resellers that get into the wholesale game, so they they scale up their reselling. And then they have connections where now they can make a lot of their money from just selling wholesale to other resellers. Has that ever crossed your mind? It's something that I've thought about, but it's it's not necessarily something that I want to do. Um, I really just li- I like getting the feedback from customers on Amazon. You know, I like knowing that uh, a buyer is satisfied with their item on Amazon, and I kind of like that buyer satisfaction. Other than a reseller not knowing if it's going to be successful until, you know, even uh, weeks, even months after them getting stuff from me. Um, so I do think, I think I really want to stick straight to the end buyer for sure. Okay. And what, what do you see yourself? So you, you have Q4, you're a, are you a junior right now or a sophomore? A junior. A junior. Okay. So you're going to be done in two years. 
do you see this as just you're gonna are you gonna uh, my, my my question is are you do you plan on going to college if so why and then if you don't why not <laughs> and then wh- wh- where do you see yourself reselling taking you while you're in school or not in school um so i I really want to grow my business and that's, this is really my biggest passion. It's the, you know, I'm known for being the one that owns the business, the one that makes the money, et cetera. So I really want to embrace that. And I really want to try and see how successful I can make this become before I really consider college. Um, if it comes down to the point where I have to go, I will, but I really would like to see my business succeed before I plan on even going to college. Okay. I think that's, I think that's great advice, honestly, um, because, uh, I think coming from two educators. Yeah, well, because <laughs> college is a means to an end and it is one of the means to an end, right? And if you are already, you know, have in mind what the end is, which is this business, and if you can get there through other means or if you're already there, if you're going to go to college to do something that's going to just, you know, make you do what you're already doing, uh, it doesn't really make sense. Now, um, you already said you're a numbers guy, so you may end up deciding, you know, like I want to take some classes to kind of help me, you know, understand accounting or whatever better. Uh, but but I think it, that's good advice to everybody is use education as a tool because that's what it is. And if you don't need that particular tool because you've already got something to handle that, what what that's going to do for your life, just go down that route. So I think that's, I think that's a great idea. And you've mentioned you've got other business ideas. Are these like, uh, you know, trade secrets you don't want to talk about? Or do you have like uh, specific things like, are you want to get into real estate or what's, what is... What is uh, Jackson's business going to be? My big thing is um, running and owning the f- the the first and only like electric rental car company. That's really one big thing that I've had in mind for probably two or three years um, since you know test you know Teslas have been you know blowing up for the past I'd say year or two even three years. Um, and there's a lot of opportunity in renting stuff like that out. Um, and especially since I'm just north of Houston, so I have the whole entire Houston market to really, you know, make that grow and to really show that off and see how well I can perform um, trying other things. Because, you know, reselling isn't the only business I want to have forever because um, I obviously want to try new things. So I've got, yeah, I've got many other ideas, but that's just, that's one of them. And that, that just goes to show, like, we, we've often talked about that that people who like are entrepreneur entrepreneurs, because Orlando and I both resell and we have a little bit of an entrepreneur spirit, but neither of us would necessarily say like, this is like, I have to do this to live. Like this is like my entire passion is like growing things, but it's, it's pretty clear. Like when you see somebody like yourself who, I mean, that is it, it's your focus. It's what you want to do. I mean, um, what, what kind of got you into that mindset? I mean, what made you think like, I'm going to do my own business and take on those risks as opposed to, I'm going to go get a nine to five. Uh, it was really the fact that I'd rather work for myself and be able to, you know, spend, you know, if I'm not, um, what, you know, if I'm not working, if I'm not having to work in, you know, in five years, you know, I really want to spend my time on things that mean more to me than just a business like that or, or just working for somebody else. That's another thing is, I'd rather be the one have have people working for me, the ones that had to go get to get the college degrees. They can work for me, but I'm not going to be that person working for someone. Okay, good. So what what do you, what are some obstacles right now you find are in, in your way of growing, or is it like right now you you pretty much have a path? You just need to scale it. A lot of it's storage space, because um, I can really only fit one to two pallets 
Um, and I've been, you know, I look, I look at liquidations every single day. Um, I just wait till I find one that, you know, I can, I think I can make a lot of money on. Um, and the ones I look at aren't really your, your average ones. I'm looking at restaurant equipment, stuff like that. And you really need a lot of space to grow that. So I've, I've really been working towards being able to, you know, have a storage unit every month that I can store a lot of stuff in. Wow. So, I mean, when we, when you say the dining room, do you mean like the, like, do you guys not eat dinner at the table or, or we, we have, we have a separate place where we eat. Okay, so okay, it, right. it manages to work. All right. No, I'm just thinking, you know, cause I know plenty of resellers when they first started, I mean, I know somebody right now that had full bookshelves in the entire house and that that's, you know, the only space left was like, where do they slept? And, uh, but they made it happen. So, all right. Did you ask the question about advice? You did already about a, a, a young yep. high schooler. Yep. Okay. All right. So, We've already asked plenty of questions about where do you see yourself and so on. So what what is your favorite? I think have we asked we've asked a lot of questions. So I, I'm just I'm just intrigued what keeps you motivated, right? Because I, I would say when I was 16, this, this was not on my my thoughts. My thoughts were like play sports, cruise my Cadillac, and that's pretty much all I did. Uh, well, no, I did go to school too. So so is there? Is there anything that you would say, Hey, right now I would drop this reselling like, or is it just, this is it. This is, this is going to be my passion for two years and I'm just going to keep scaling and building until I get to where I want to be. I I think the motivation of, Oh yeah, I did, you know, a million dollars in sales this year. You know, I want to get to that point. So I think, you know, thinking about numbers like seven, eight figures, um, thinking about other business ideas really will help drive me to do that because, you know, to start a business, you obviously need a lot of capital and right now I can't get a loan. So I really have to, you know, I would need full cash to start, you know, maybe an electric rental car company or some, or invest in certain things. So I really use, you know, future investments as motivation for, you know, this part of reselling. Wow. Really inspiring. You know, the fact that, at a young young age, Jackson, you, you it seems like you pretty much understand where you're going, what you need to drive you there. So, you know, I'm really grateful we had you on the podcast. Yeah, no, I think it's great. And I think it's it's awesome. Like I said, the reason I asked the the kind of advice question for both parents of of young kids or or teenagers and for teenagers is because I think no matter who our listener is, this is gonna relate in some way, right? Either they've got kids or or they themselves are a teenager. And, you know, one of the things that I think a lot of people forget is what it was like to be a teenager. And, you know, people will think like, oh, just a 16 year old, like, what could you know? But, you know, 16, you've got a lot of experience already. You've got a lot going on in your life. And obviously you're a very mature person. And I think it's going to take you really far in life. And I think that, uh, you know, um, what you're doing, I think is motivational. And, and that's why I love that you've got an Instagram and you're, you're sharing this. Uh, cause I think, I think a lot of times high schoolers or teenagers will see, you know, older businessmen or women who are successful, but they don't see people who are like them and they don't see that it's possible. But when they see you doing this, uh, they could see that it's possible. So my hat's off to you. Uh, I think you're doing a great job. Uh, as far as that goes, do you have anything that like you want to share with us or to our listeners? Well, I, I had a question. Do you plan on documenting any of this, Jackson? I think it'd be great to document, but it would take up more time. <laughs> but any thoughts right. on that? Um, I I started, you know, I started typing a lot of it out, like the whole story, well, how I started, everything I've done. It just consumed a lot of time. I would spend, you know, an hour a day on it. I probably haven't touched it for a year, but um, and that's what I used Instagram for. It's like it's documenting my journey. 
through, you know, everything that I've done. You know, you can see you can see on my page I've done thrifting, I've done liquidations, I've done I've done private label, I've done whole, wholesale, I've done literally every everything you can think of. Okay. Well, that's good. So what was your question again? I'm sorry. I keep cutting you off. No, it's fine. So I was just wondering if you have anything. I mean, I feel like we've gotten to ask a lot of questions, but do you have anything that like, you know, you like or want to share with uh, with people to say like, hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is what I'm passionate about that maybe you haven't already had a chance to talk about? Um, not necessarily. I think we really covered, you know, a lot of ground. Um, it's just it's the the main part of reselling is really the motivation and that's that's really the most important thing is the motivation and drive to do it will really get you far um and another thing was the fact of um you know selling used items compared to new items that was one big thing that i had in my mind was i don't want to be selling you know a bunch of these cheap things from china um if i did private label and you know i'd rather see something and it would you know, because in 10 years, you know, private label might not really be that big because either uh, brick and mortar stores will have it so much cheaper and they'll still be in business. Um, you know, you really got to put your mindset on the next 10 years. You know, you don't you can't really think about um, a business for the next one year. I really think about it for the next 10 years, 20 years. Used electronics are always going to be used and they're always going to be available to buy. Um, so you really have to pick your niche really well. Um, and to to really grow, in my opinion. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> There's a lot of wisdom. In what he just said. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, where can where can our listeners find you? So, um, you've obviously got the Instagram. Are you anywhere else? Are you are you putting videos on YouTube or what is Instagram the best way for them to get in contact with you? I'm yeah, I'm strictly on Instagram right now. I've been contemplating YouTube for years. Haven't started one yet. Um, but yeah, it's strictly Instagram for now. Okay, and not that you have to do YouTube. Yeah. We just throw it out there. I mean, you you're you're coasting, man. Yeah. You're 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 in a good place. So hey, Jackson, thanks so much for being on the podcast. You can find him on Instagram at resale.underscore.addicts. And he is there. Great guy. I mean, I've interacted with you probably for the last year about, you know, you've hit me up with questions or you pointed some things out. I've actually learned from him too. So so it's been great. So Jackson, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Really appreciate you. And uh, with that being said, hey, make sure to be real. Be relevant and be reselling. Please. Please.